Today we cover the four business plans that every single business needs on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. My name is Ryan Black. And I'm Levi Hunsaker. And welcome out. This is episode number 10. Number 10. hey Big old round number. (laughs) Yep. We made it. We finally arrived. We are here. Levi, how are you doing today, bud? Pretty good. Just uh, having a good day, getting some work done, and excited to see your smiling face. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is something, I mean, we're passionate about every topic that we cover, right? But uh, this is one today that's going to be fun. And uh, I don't, honestly, I don't know how we're going to cover it in the half hour time slot we have because there's so much, <laughs> there are so many nuggets in here of, of these four different plans. I, mean, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of see where time takes us because there's, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. So um, should we just get started? Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive in. Let's, let's start burning through this because there's a ton of content here. So the first plan that we want to talk about today and, and this is really the starting point of where, whether you have your own business already and you're t- looking to do your next product or service, or you have an idea that you just want to start and it's going to be your first product or service. The process is the same. And the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to start with your business plan. The way I like to think about this is you're going to sell this to yourself first so that you know it's actually a good idea. Yeah, and that's important because a lot of times, I mean, and I think it happens to anyone who's an entrepreneur, right? You get so many different ideas. You're like, oh, I can do this and this and that and this and this and this. And, this. and then at, at first it might seem like a good idea, but then the more you think about it, and sometimes when you actually vocalize it to somebody else, like, hey, I got this great idea. We're going to do this <laughs> and sell this. And you can tell by their facial expression, they're just like, what on earth are you talking about? This or, is a horrible idea. Or that you start saying it out loud and you're like, oh. That really sounded better in my head. <laughs> Can't believe I just said that out loud. Yeah. So that's definitely the, the first thing is, is it actually a good idea? Have that sounding board by, by mapping it out. And, you know, and, and the other thing is, is, you know, we all have got different things going on. Some of us, you know, we're running other businesses. Some, some of us have, you know, a day job or other, you know, uh, requirements that take our time during the day. But you got to look at the time and resources that you actually have to be able to dedicate to doing that business and creating that business. Do you have the time? If it's if it's going to require 15 hours a week of your time to really get it up and running well, can you afford to do that? Does that work with your current situation? Yeah, and I'll be honest, I, I did not do this before I jumped into my real estate business. And it's been a, a give and take process. So if you started out from the front and you know what time you're going to dedicate to it, that's going to be a huge advantage because you got to... You're going to go into a negotiation on this as you start a new endeavor. You're going to negotiate with your family. You're going to negotiate with your kids. You're going to negotiate with your business partners and you got to negotiate with yourself, right? You're going to invest your time and energy and effort into this. You might have to give some other stuff up in the meantime. Yeah. Well, and and in looking at that, you know, it's worth the investment, right? You ask anybody who has started a business from scratch and gone through the whole process it's worth the investment. It's worth the the struggle, the hustle, the you know the sacrifice. But you got to make sure before you actually you know dedicate tons of time and energy and money that 
it is the right choice for you to do. You can't tell the future, but at least you can see, is it viable? And one of the ways that we can tell, you know, is this going to be a viable business is you really have to look and see what other competition is out there because you can't just simply create a business to create it, right? Um, let's say, for example, uh, a restaurant. Like I say, I, I, I want to sell uh, waffles, right? I want to start a waffle house. So if you're going to sell waffles and, and that's what you want to do, you have to look, well, who are your competitors? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? You know, what, what is unique about you? Are you better? Are you smarter, faster, cheaper? Right? Do you have different unique offerings that you combinations of how you cook the waffle? You know, is there is it a specialty? Or are they gluten free? Are they sugar free? Right? What is kind of the the gimmick or the differentiating factor with your implementation? Because if you're exactly the same as everybody else, you can't. And you're thinking, oh well, people will get to know my brand and they'll like me because of my brand. No, they won't. <laughs> brand recognition comes over time because of a relationship you create with your customers. And so you really have to see how are you going to differentiate yourself from your competition? How is, why are customers who are already familiar with your competitors and already have a relationship with them, why are they going to come to you instead? And that applies to any business, any industry. And it's an important part of, of one of the analysis that you need to do while you're you know creating that business plan at the beginning. Yeah. And, and you might think to yourself, okay, well, how do I get to know my competitors? How do I get to know that information about them? Well, for those of you that have always wanted to go on a stakeout, this is your chance to fill your car <laughs> full of just junk food and go sit out and camp out and just watch your competitors. So basically you just sit there, see how many people are going in the door, see how many people are coming out the door, kind of look and see if you can tell what they're purchasing. Right, And if you do this over a few days, a few weekends, that kind of thing, you can actually get an idea of how the business model is working for your competitors. Because your projections might be grossly above or grossly below what the reality is, right? If you're thinking, oh, well, I, you know, waffles, I could probably sell, you know, 200 waffles a day. And there's only like 40 people that buy waffles a day. Your numbers, your projections are going to be completely off you're going to go under pretty quick, right? So, so you got to understand the the size, you know, what kind of demand there is in the market, how big the market is, and then, uh, you know, differentiate yourself from there. Let's see. What about uh, what else can we talk? There's oh, there's so many things on the business plan. And we've got all of these all these <laughs> ideas here in our notes and I just I just don't even know where to continue. So, um, one of the things you need to think about is are you going to be managing it yourself? Or are you going to hire someone to do it for you? Or do you have an exit plan if you decide, you know what, maybe I'm going to start out doing it and get the process running and then hire a manager to come in and take that over. But start with the end in mind of where are you going to be? What is the plan to get there? And how are you going to accomplish that? Yeah, yeah, because it's especially if you have other time requirements or things that you're not available to be there in person for the entire process, you got to see what kind of delegation, what other, what type of prior experience do those other individuals have to have in order for it to work, you know, successfully. One of the the most ex important, essential things to look at is your financials, right? In any business, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been around forever, financials and understanding your financials is so so essential. 
And in looking at that, you've really got three different categories of costs that you're looking at, right? You've got your startup costs, which are all of those costs that you're going to incur just so that you can cut the proverbial ribbon, right? And open the doors. Then you have your fixed costs, which are your ongoing costs just to keep the lights on and the doors open on a monthly basis. And then you have your variable costs. So it, to use, continuing with my waffle example, and I, I want to I go get some waffles now. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, I know. I'm hungry too. <laughs> the good news is there's a waffle shop close. Oh, man. With the, with the waffles, uh, you know, you get your variable, your variable costs. So you're talking about, you know, ingredients and batter and, um, uh, you know, the, the, the paper supplies and, uh, I don't know, whipped cream and all the stuff that, that goes into it. There are costs that you incur every time you sell a unit. So you got your startup costs, your fixed costs, and your variable costs. So you got to look and see, okay, where, you know, what are each of those? What do they look like? And then when you combine that with what you said, Levi, where you take and go do the stakeout, then you can see and compare, okay, well, if I were to sell knowing, you know, that this is my COGS, my cost of goods sold, and this is what I'm planning on selling them for, and I can, you know, assume you know, kind of a best case, worst case scenario of how many units a day I can sell, then you can run the numbers and see, is this business sustainable or not? Because that's the, you know, the sad thing is, is a lot of people get started in business and they get, they get going, but they don't have the long-term vision. And they're like, well, I can just borrow this money and then start, you know, I'll be making money. But if the financials don't make sense, you, the business will drive itself, will implode. It'll drive itself into the ground very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and on that note, you want to talk about your service and your or your products, right? So if you look at, look, let's take, keep going on this waffle example. Yes. Yes. And get hungry and hungrier by the minute. <laughs> it's a good thing we do this over lunch because a lot of you guys are probably eating already. But yeah. if you say, I'm only going to sell waffles and nothing else. Well, now your business is 100% dependent on you selling enough waffles to even just keep the doors open. And really, when you can look at it, well, what else goes with waffles? Maybe you might sell some pretzels. You might sell some coffee. You might sell some tea. You might sell some hot chocolate. You might sell sodas, beverages, right. that kind of stuff, right? So these are like your, your business is designed around waffles, but what else can you sell to continue to bring business and extra revenue through the doors, right? That's where you start getting creative. That's where you start, you know, leveling up your game and really taking your business to the next level. Well, yeah. And you know, when you look at it, like a good example is uh, like, like the pizza joints, right? A lot of the pizza companies, you go in and you can order a pizza, but they also have garlic knots and breadsticks uh, a lot of them have salads or sandwiches, right? There's basically the exact same ingredients. They're not, it's not complicating what they're doing. It's simply a different process in how they assemble it. And, uh, and so they're able to appeal to a much wider demographic because you might be in the mood for pizza, but maybe your wife is like, you know what? I could go for a salad and some, some breadsticks, you know? So it's, it's a good point. You don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket. Granted, there are some businesses where they're a little more specific or specialized, but uh, in a lot of them, in most cases, you want to look and see how can we create additional revenue streams, additional income channels to be able to scale the business and not limit 
are thinking to just, we just do waffles. That's what we do. Let's see. What about now when you're, so with the, with the, the business plan, right? The first person you got to kind of get on board, get, get uh, sold on the idea is yourself. And then second step is selling it to others. And in order to sell it to others, uh, I mean, you got to have that plan, but, but why would we, I mean, Levi, why would we, what's the importance behind that or the significance of, of, of needing to get other people's buy-ins? And when I'm saying others, I'm not talking about your customers. I'm talking about other people in the, during the startup phase. What's the value in getting other people on board to, to, to hear their opinions on things? So it's, it's all about perspective, right? As you're selling it to yourself, you're telling yourself all the good things, right? So having an outside opinion to come in and look at your plan, look at your business, you're going to get fresh ideas, you're going to get fresh eyes, you're going to get fresh thoughts, and really they're going to help you think about things that you may not have thought about yet. Maybe some big risks that you just have glossed over that you can work that into your business plan. Yeah, yeah, it's so important to have that. Your baby, what's the expression? Your your baby, your own baby never looks ugly to you, or something, right? It's your baby. <laughs> You're not gonna think it looks ugly. You need other people that can be your advisors and that can give you that feedback. Yeah, now, other people can tell you your baby is ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now once they're on board, then obviously, then the you know kind of the final step in in figuring thing out is to sell it to investors, right? Because capital, you need to have capital in order to make that happen. And that could be, you know, it could be banks, venture capital, private investors. Um, you know, there are certain situations where, you know, people self-fund the business they're starting. And if, if that's an option for you, then great. But in most situations, you're going to have to go to outside external uh, funding sources to be able to finance what it is that you're wanting to start up. So um, without, without a business plan, it, uh, none of that is simply possible. So Yeah, and, and one thing to bring up is this is a very important concept. As you're going to talk about your business with other people, you want to make sure you put them on a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA. So you're going to actually start telling people very specific things about your business plan. And you want to make sure that as you tell them about that, they have a legal obligation to not disclose that to other people. So for in real estate, if I'm going to go buy, say I want to buy a multifamily property or run a short-term rental business or do a fix and flip, right? That, that concept is not very proprietary. So that's not very important. But if I go and say, I'm gonna go fix this property right here and I, don't, I haven't purchased it yet, well, that might be proprietary information. And so you wanna look at what is the important information that you need to hold under an, an NDA where they have an obligation to not disclose it and what is just easy information that everybody can figure out. Otherwise, I might be still working on acquiring the, the cooker and the machinery and all the kitchen supplies to set up my waffle house. And all of a sudden, right across the street, magically, Levi's Waffle House <laughs> springs up. The grand opening, right? Hey, first one wins. <laughs> first to market. Yeah. Which actually is extremely accurate in certain situations. That is the Microsoft approach. First to yes, market. First to market. And look which one's bigger, Microsoft or Apple. Yeah. First to market. 
So, so yeah, super, super important. Get that NDA in place with your board of advisors, people you're sharing your business plan to. And really, as you go out to, to look for funding to sell to investors, got to have an NDA in place with them as well. And, and to kind of wrap things up with, with uh, business plan, and there's, I mean, we could really dive super deep into business plans because there are, there are additional elements that are really important to having a business plan. Just keep this in mind that business plans don't have to be an encyclopedia, right? I mean, they can be fairly brief. They should be in-depth enough to contain the information that, so that you have a clear vision of what it is that you want to do and what you want to accomplish. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be so expansive that it has every single intricacy. Um, so super important, but uh, there are templates and different things out there that are available for you to be able to create that business plan or you could work with you know a coach or a mentor, uh, somebody who has experience in creating business plans to be able to kind of guide you and uh, orient you on that process. So what's our next plan? We're, <laughs> we're, two, we're two thirds of the way through the episode hey, hey, and we're okay. on the second one. <laughs> that's all right. So the next one that we wanna jump into is the strategic plan. And the way that I like to look at this is, this is the action plan. This is what you're going to do weekly, daily, monthly, annually, things that have to get done in your business. And you know, the way that I like to look at this is it's alive. <laughs> I, you know, the, but the real question is, is your strategic plan, is it like a Frankenstein? Did, did Dr. Jekyll come into your business and you kind of piece it together and, and, you know, stitch it together and really did not have a cohesive plan from the get-go. And that, that doesn't mean that you can't uh, adjust your plan and make changes as, along the way. You need to do that because it's alive. When you find out things that are working well, you invest more time and effort into that. When you find things that aren't working well, well, sometimes you have to cut your losses and, and change your direction a little bit. And one thing that I know that I've struggled with, and some of you listeners out there may, may as well, is the uh, the desire for perfection, right? Saying, I gotta, I gotta wait, I gotta get this perfect before I can implement it or execute it or launch it or whatever. And um, that's simply not the case. I, I like what you say, it's alive because you just, good enough is good enough. Get it out there, right? You've already had your business plan in place. You know, you have an idea for what you're gonna do with your strategic plan, try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, great. Either way, you're going to constantly being, you're constantly going to be reassessing, reevaluating, and improving it as time goes on. So saying, you know what, I'm going to wait until I get it perfectly perfect. You're you're fooling yourself. Just get it out there, get it going, and through the experience of implementing it, you will start to learn. Oh, you know what, I'm going to tweak this. I'm going to tweak that, and make little you know changes here and there, and that's. Um, you know, really why it's so important to make sure that you have it with you, that this is something that is a part of your daily operations of your business, right? Whether you, you know, have it written down on a piece of paper, you have it, uh, you know, on your phone or in the cloud or whatever, um, you know, find a, a, a whatever works for you in your system, a way of keeping that top of mind so you have it whenever you need it. Because if you're not constantly going back and referring to that, you're simply you're just going to be lost. And I, I personally right now, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, I'm going through a process where I am uh, basically revising my strategic plan for uh, one of my businesses. 
and it's all going onto Google Drive because that's just uh, you know the way that, that that'll work well for me. So everything is going there, and um, so I'm revisiting and breaking everything down because um, if you don't revisit it, you're not going to be able to make improvements in the future. Yeah, I I really like that. Uh being able to do cloud storage because you can have access to it wherever. And one of the things that you mentioned to me was that you're looking at taking Zach's information that he shared with us. Oh yeah, <laughs> big and time. And <laughs> getting your virtual assistant involved, right? Google Drive, you can share easily with your virtual assistants and remove them when you need to. Yep, and that's, so. ex- and that's exactly what I'm doing is, is implementing, combining. I'm, I'm practicing what we preach. <laughs> I'm we learning something. And you yeah, implement it. Exactly. Take action. Neither of us profess to know everything. <laughs> we, do know, we do know a thing or two. We've had great success at it. But we are all in that process, that journey of learning. Like we, everybody is. And so anytime we learn something new, man, I'm going to implement that into my business. So, so I'm grateful uh, for those takeaways that I've received. Yeah. So the other thing with your, um, your strategic plan is... As entrepreneurs, let's be realistic. We have what I like to call ADOS. It's not ADD, I call it ADOS. It's attention deficit, ooh, shiny. <laughs> so as, as you get into that, really stay focused on your why, have your long-term vision, your three, your five, your 10-year plan, so that you know what you're trying to achieve and then make sure that all of your actions are driving towards those goals. Yeah. It's easy to get distracted. Shiny object syndrome. Shiny object. All right, let's dive into number three. Our third plan is the marketing plan. Now, this marketing plan is so, so essential because, I mean, it's going to be what guides the growth, right? It's important to distinguish between marketing and sales. Marketing is what happens to attract the people into your company, to pay attention to your company. Sales is the process of once they are willing to listen to you, then actually getting them to buy and closing. So first is marketing. Without marketing, you can't have sales. And if you have marketing and no sales, you're not going to ever close any business, right? So marketing is step one. Sales is step two. That's why if you notice in larger organizations, big companies, the sales and marketing departments are two completely independent departments. Now they work together hand in hand, but they have two very different purposes. So the marketing plan is how it's very unique to your company, to what you want to do. And, and in that light, you need to look at when you're tracking your KPIs. Now KPIs is a a common term. It means key performance indicator. Your KPIs are your key performance indicators that you're looking at. You need to know what matters for you and your industry. There are certain KPIs that are standard, right? How many how many suspects, prospects, leads, right? Clients, like there's gonna be um, certain milestones depending on your industry that people will hit. Maybe it's how many people, um, if you have a Waffle House, how many people <laughs> walk through the door every day, right? Or how many people visit your Facebook page? Or how many people do the text thing where they sign up to receive a, you know, they text, Ryan's Tasty Waffles, not Levi's Tasty Waffles to, you know, a short code or something. Um, and so whatever that is, you, you, in order, for, in order for them to get, you know, coupons or whatever, 
whatever those KPIs are, you got to be tracking those and tracking your analytics so that you know what is working and what isn't. Because if you're not collecting that data, you're blind. You know, you're you're like in the you're in the middle of the ocean in a in a boat and you have no instrumentation and you can't see what you're doing. You're going to get yourself into trouble. And then you have the blind leading the blind. Yes. So so I like that you talk about marketing as um, getting people in the door or getting people to, to take a look, right? So the other two plans, that was kind of the building phase. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And you got to build that. And if you guys have ever seen Field of Dreams, he says, if you build it, they will come. B.S. <laughs> right? You, you have to build it and then you have to tell people about it. That's where the marketing comes in. You have to tell people about it and build a road so they can actually get there. And that that happens, one of the best ways right now is actually online. This is an area that I've been learning a lot about recently. Um, you take a look at it, well, what, what do Facebook, Google, YouTube, what do all these platforms have in common? They're media They're companies, online. right? Are they media companies? Nope. No. These companies are data companies. And what is amazing is that you can leverage this data to build your correct target audience. So maybe you can look at people, you can build an audience that, you know, loves to go to IHOP. So that you can build an audience that loves IHOP and most likely enjoys waffles. Yes. Yes. And so it's data, right? You're leveraging the data that people have freely given up. And a lot of people say, well, that's my data. Eh, it really <laughs> isn't. Once you've given it to somebody else and it's hosted on their platform, it's their data. Yep. And that data can actually be used to build an amazing marketing strategy all online. You don't have to do radio ads or television ads. Those might be something that you want to do as well, but there's a ton of power in data-driven advertising online. And the segmentation, the power of, of how granular you can get because they're just massive data aggregators is really, really cool in a yeah, way that you couldn't incredible. do in traditional media. And I, I used to work in, in, in my other life in a you know, as a, a producer, commercial producer. So we did TV commercials and stuff. And there was, it was very, very limited, the, you know, the level of segmentation that we could do in determining what demographic was going to see that content. When you talk about, you know, traditional terrestrial radio and broadcast TV and things like that. Now with what you're talking about, I mean, this is, it's a game changer. And uh, yeah, data, man, data is the key. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you got to think about is you got to learn how to do it appropriately or hire someone to do it for you. Because I've been learning how to do it myself. I actually got my ad shut down, my ad account shut down a few weeks ago. And I had no idea why. And they don't tell you why. But I was able to get it back and they're like, oh, looks like that was done by accident. Sorry for the inconvenience. And so you just have to have thick skin, realize that this is part of the business, and keep learning and, and pushing forward into that marketing plan and that space. Awesome. Last but not least, man, there's a, so much more I know we could cover on this. <laughs> we'll have to save it for another day. But I, I sometimes hate just having to breeze through this. But man, it's so much good info. Is the deployment plan. 
right? We've got our business plan, strategic plan, our marketing plan, and then last but not least, the deployment plan. And that is, right, now that your business is up and running, making money, what are you going to do with those profits, right? What What are some options, Levi? What, what, obviously, every industry is a little bit different, but what are you going to do with those profits? Well, you could take a cruise. That's one yeah. thing that you could do. You could in, enjoy the money, right? Yeah. But is that growth-minded? No. No. So, so what we're really going to focus on is taking those profits into a growth-minded aspect. One of the things that you can do is you can reinvest that money into the business to grow. And there's a time and a place where you have to continually reinvest. But one of the things you got to be careful about in that process um, is something called phantom income. If you go and you spend a bunch of money on product, on inventory, do you get to take a write-off for that? Uh, not until it sells. Not until it sells. So if you, on December 31st, buy a bunch of inventory, and then you sell it January 1st, but you put all of your money back into inventory, where what money do you have left to pay your taxes? You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. I, I always wondered how... Um, you hear about these stories where people are like fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in debt to the IRS because they can't pay their tax bill. Well, this is how it happens: is a business owner that didn't plan to have the finances set aside for their tax bill. So you got to make sure you keep that in mind. You don't want that phantom income. Yeah, and it's it's tricky because you know as the business expands, right? You may need to get new equipment. Or you want to scale it up and maybe open a new location or franchise it or, or add additional services or products to your offering, which is going to require an additional capital investment. So that's important. So you, and that kind of goes back to, um, you know, back to step one and, and step two a little bit or, or plan one, plan two, which is talking with your advisors saying, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. What are your thoughts? Does it make sense? Looking and seeing what are your, you know, doing being a spy. What are your competitors doing? What, um, you know, what will the market actually support moving forward? I mean, innovation is important, and you want to try new things, but you don't want to bet the farm on some crazy idea that could totally, you know, destroy your whole business if it, uh, you know, if it doesn't work. So you got to be strategic about that and how you do it. The, uh, you know, another way rather than reinvesting the money in your existing business, you could always look and expand in other ways. You could diversify, right? Um, you know, real estate is our, obviously our thing, a big part of what we do. And so, uh, you know, maybe you've got your business, the most of the, you know, most successful, wealthy people in the world, what do they do? They're business owners and real estate investors. So they make their money in their business. They take that money, turn around and invest it into real estate so that it creates that long-term passive, you know, sustainable income to create their empire. And so, you know, whether you're looking at traditional rentals or note income or, or maybe something a little more active like flips or short-term rentals, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But taking that money and reinvesting it into a, a you know, more of a, a secured, diversified investment like real estate can be a really, really powerful option. Or it could just be into another business, right? Maybe you got, you got your, waffle, your waffle restaurant and now you want to open a nail salon. Who knows? Because that's you always wanted to do that, so you can get free pedicures and manicures for yourself, right? Um, whatever it is, it, you got to put that capital to good use. 
don't buy a boat or a truck or go on cruise with it. Take it and reinvest it so that you can continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And then you'll be able to enjoy so many more fruits, right? Would you rather have the fruit if you have an apple tree in your backyard? Would you rather be able to enjoy the apples from one little tree? Or would you rather buy a whole orchard and be able to enjoy the fruits of that? So it's all about scalability and your long-term vision. Yeah, buy the, buy the orchard so you can enjoy the fruits and so can a bunch of other people, right? Exactly. And I'm gonna say it's okay to buy a boat or a truck if you can figure out how to make money with it. Yes, Turn your boat or your truck into a business. Exactly, yes, That's. <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I, I just, most you know how most people, their inclination is to just the spur of the moment, get what they want now versus doing it, you know, a little more strategically where with a few minor changes, yeah, you can do it right. Absolutely. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that is our time today. We, we have gone through very quickly the last three, unfortunately. We had tons more content to share, but... We hope that you guys found that valuable and really think about that in terms of where you're at in your business and how you can implement these strategies to take it to the next level. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, as we're continuing, we're now today was episode 10 now to double digits. And, uh, you know, we're continuing to learn as we do this. We really appreciate you guys and all your support, uh, participating and listening and, uh, you know, supporting the show. We really do. Uh, next week, our episode is going to be massive versus passive income. We're going to be talking about some of the uh, pros and cons to those two different strategies as it relates to real estate, right? Massive versus passive and uh, maybe where you might want to find yourself fitting in into that equation. So we invite you to plug into that so you can learn more and connect with us online. We've got our, our YouTube channel, our Facebook group, our website with all the links for all the different uh, podcast uh, resources there. So plug in. We'd love to, uh, to chat with you and get to know you better. And until then, have a great week and we'll see you then. Yeah. And, and, uh, just really quick, that website is championhustle.com. Yes. It's important <laughs> to remember what the website is. Thank you, Levi. Teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Have Take a great care, week, everybody. <laughs> see ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Mm-hmm.